Welcome, everybody, to the Grow People podcast with Pastor Jason. He's, that, right, he's right there. That, that would be me. Yep. Yeah. He's the lead pastor at Revolution Church. My name is David Stein, and I'm the campus pastor at our Canton location. The purpose of this here radio program, the Grow People podcast, is to... <laughs> I can't... <laughs> what? <laughs> this here radio program. This here radio broadcast. Here, um, here's what's funny for the viewers at home. They have no idea that five, literally five seconds before you do the intro, we're having conversations. Right. And then it stops and you roll right into it. Yeah. And so Game it on. takes me like a mental, it take, you know, I have to think about it. And then you drop something like that. Like, yeah. I'm just starting to get processed that we are starting this thing. Right, right. Because it's not like there's this like, you know rocket hey houston you know like nasa countdown no there's no countdown well i actually do it i actually do a countdown i actually say three two one if that's not enough time for you to get ready that's not my fault <laughs> it's not that it's not enough time it's just that i'm shifting into the gear okay okay we're starting and then you drop a, a different wording on me this time yeah of radio broadcast mm-hmm and so it just made me laugh. No, no, I couldn't. That's, I wasn't that, ready. That's good. That's uh, that's the spontaneity we're all looking for in this business. Yeah. Uh, and it's 34 years of being able to shift from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. You're used to this. Yeah. 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 Ha- having, I, I think the most intense two hours of radio that I've ever done was the Tiger Tailgate show at Clemson because. Mm. It was uh, two hours, 48 minutes of commercials, most of which were live reads. Hey, oh, wow. this portion of the broadcast is yeah. brought to you by. Um, and then 16 live guests, like on stage live guests, like ESPN game day kind of thing. Yeah. Two co-hosts, somebody out remotely at a tailgate party. Uh, so the uh, you're forced to just be able to zig and roll, zag. Yeah. And roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. It is a skill that you have. We'll see. Um, I, yeah. I'm glad we're doing this so it doesn't get rusty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you try to, you try to stay sharp. Yeah. Trying to get better. Yeah. At, yeah. at my age, you have to, <laughs> you got to get the reps in. Well, I think at any age you should. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. But we didn't say the purpose. No. But uh, the purpose of the grow people podcast <laughs> is, is to grow, grow people. people. <laughs> and, and that's, that's why we exist. It is part of the mission statement of Revolution Church. I, I've actually started in the hosting to say, yeah. hey, our mission statement is love Jesus, and then I wait for everybody to grow, grow people. people. Yeah, that was good. I meant to tell you that. That was a good job. Uh, yeah. Because it leaks. The vision leaks. Yeah. And and we want to be reminded. I need to be reminded, hey, this is our mission. And if, yeah. we're, if we're not growing people, uh, we're not doing what God's called us to do. Yeah, that's what we're here to do. Yeah. So yeah. part of the... Growing people is this podcast, and that is <laughs> this year radio program. This radio broadcast. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know how to segue into something else I wanted to talk about, but well, apparently you just segue right into yeah, it. So I do, you just, I do, because <laughs> because you know you got sixteen guests. Yeah, in two what do you, hours. Mean you don't know how you just do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we always do this podcast right after lunch, which is the worst time to do anything i agree uh, i would yeah. like to really just lay down and take a nap yeah um not trust god and take a nap i was gonna say that's I, probably that's I, probably why we end it i, I just want to lay down and take a nap um you don't care about trusting god you just want the nap yeah <laughs> so i just i just left one of my favorite places in canton i don't mind saying it. it's brooklyn joe's uh and brooklyn joe's? brooklyn joe's oh it sounded like you said brooklyn joe's i could have said okay. that i've heard yeah. it both ways <laughs> 
And I walked in, and maybe it's because it's Monday afternoon. I don't know if they have a special going on. Folks were older. Uh. Um, And at least half of the booths, you ready for this? At least half the booths were filled with side sitters. Oh. Oh, I would have had to walk out. I know how you feel about the side sitters. Have we talked about that on here? No, we have not. No. Um, My wife and I, we are side sitters. If we're at a booth, we don't mind sitting on the same side. Yeah. And you bristle at that. I do. For those of you that are uninformed by the term, we we coined it. Well, I think Lindsay actually coined Mm -hmm. it. So Lindsay and I, when we go out to a restaurant, you know, we'll sit in a booth and we sit across from each other. Not, And Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's not. I mean, it's the right way to do it. And so (laughs) what I'm saying is there is a, like, if you sit on the same side, there is something wrong with that. Um, And so we called it side sitters because when it's just the two of you, you want to be able to look like me and you right now, look across from each other and have conversations Mm. with each other. So Lindsay and I always would laugh at people, not laugh at them, like in a, you know, that kind of way. But when we would see people in a restaurant sitting on the same side, like, how do you talk to each other? You're always turning your head. You're yeah. always having to, yeah. you know, turn and have those conversations. Like, don't you get a crick in your neck? You can't hold hands if you're <laughs> on the other side. Well, you don't need to hold hands. You're using your hands to eat. I'm left-handed. She's right-handed. Yeah. So we can. So you like complete each other, like you both use your left and right hand, like you're joined in your your middle hand. And I'm you, eating with yeah. my left hand. She's eating with her right hand, and yeah. then I'm holding her hand with my right hand, her left hand. Yeah. So, and, and we could we could be on our phones scrolling Facebook on either side of the table. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always now so self so self conscious of being on my phone with my wife at a restaurant. Good. Because I, I don't want somebody from church to see me yeah. saying something that I've told them not to not do. Not to do. Not to do. But I'm yeah. like, I'm looking at the menu. There yes. was a QR code. I can't read yes. the menu without the QR code. That's all. That's also my second pet peeve on restaurants. Side mm-hmm. sitters, number one. Mm-hmm. And then number two, yeah, you yeah. just sit there and you're on your phones. Yeah. And it's funny. We were at Chick-fil-A one day years and years ago. It's the one um, in Canton that used to be by Walmart that they moved. Sure. And... um What's funny is they were doing Kevin Williams, who's the owner of that one. um, They were doing this kind of thing where they, if you put all your phones in a box, then you got like a free dessert. Mm. And so they came by, Kevin came by and he's a friend and he was telling us about it. So we put our phones in there, set the the box down on the table. And then we all had a conversation. Well, unbeknownst to us, they took a picture of that and it was in the paper. Um, So there's a picture (laughs) of us at Chick-fil-A not having our phones and it was like a promo thing. And so Kevin got me on that one. Uh, but yeah, that's a, I hate when I'm talking to people and they look down at their phone and then they're no longer listening to me. Uh-huh. Um, and so seeing, so I'll just, if I'm talking to somebody and they do that, I just stop talking mm. and just wait for them that's to good. put the phone down. That's good. Uh, Cause I don't want to have to repeat what I have to, I mean, you know, yeah. you know, they're not paying attention. Right. right. So yeah, sit across from each other and put your phones down. Well, there are the rules. <laughs> Guess I'm, guess I'm breaking them. <laughs> Sometimes you're in a conversation. Do you and, want to be like Jesus? That's what he did. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. Uh, there you go. But, you know, Jesus wasn't having trivia contests during dinner. So sometimes you got to look up the answer. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. All right. We'll move I don't on. know what that means. But. I don't. Sometimes my wife will say, hey, 
who won the batting title in 1974. Oh, okay. And I'm pretty sure it was Ralph Gar for the Braves, but I might have to look it up. Okay. So that's what I'm doing on my phone. If you ever see me on my phone, I'm looking up baseball stats. And is Leanna just doing that to test your knowledge? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, just keeping you sharp. Keep, trying to, keeping me sharp. Just trying to keep the yep. brain sharp. Yeah, I'm doing yeah. I'm doing Sudoku and, yeah. or Sudoku, yeah. whatever it's called. Leanna has a list of questions to ask you every day. <laughs> 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 all right here's your meds and here's your questions uh so I, I don't i don't mind having my meds in a monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday oh those are awesome nothing wrong with that no no because we are prone to forget yes we're prone to wander we're prone to forget we are we're going to do a podcast on that someday yeah about how we are and if you want the best example of being prone to forget just read psalm 106 yep my favorite where the israelites are brought through all of this hardship and brought through the Red Sea. And verse 12 is they rejoiced in what God had done. Mm -hmm. And verse 13, the very next verse, and then they forgot. Then they forgot. That's, yep. that's me. Yep. I think that's all of us. That's the human condition. Yep. All right. Um, what are you grateful for? That's where we're going today. Not, not what are you grateful for, but we're going to talk about gratitude. The Rev Music, mm. uh, which has been putting out some great great music uh, Harv harvest is an absolute rock star hit yeah. and, and i say that having been in radio for a long time yeah it's an absolute hit uh their latest release dropped a couple of fridays ago or last friday and it's called grateful mm, and, yep. and we've played it the last couple of weekends uh, at church it is an awesome song and a great time to say hey we need to remember yeah uh, so as we head into thanksgiving as maybe you'll be sitting around a table and you'll go around and say, hey, what are you grateful for? Is this something we do daily? Is it something we do once a year, uh, third week of November? Or is this something that needs to be cultivated as part of our daily spiritual discipline? Yeah. Yes, yes, and yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. We actually talked about this um, at our all staff and our, our November all staff. And unbeknownst to me at that time, Tim, he didn't play the song, our song, Grateful, but it played another one, Gratitude. And that day I showed a clip uh, of a sermon from a pastor talking about developing resilience mm. and how, you know, over the last two years, obviously we've, you know, it has just been a long, you know, emotional slog through crisis after crisis. And so he was talking to his church about, why it's so necessary to develop resilience that uh, a righteous person, and he quoted from, um, I think it was the Psalms, right? Psalms or a proverb? I can't remember. Um, about how a righteous person gets up. And so he was talking about how it's just because we're righteous um, doesn't mean we don't fall, but now we have the power to get back up, mm -hmm. you know? And so one of the key things he talked about in developing resilience um, was the discipline of gratitude. And he actually had gone to a, um, uh, he had done all these studies on his brain and partly he joked like as a patient and as a, as a student. Um, and so they had done all these deep scans on his brain, all these different MRIs and all this kind of stuff. And the doctor that he was talking to said that they found, um, the, the lubricant of the brain, what kept the brain pliable, and what kept the brain, like we were just kind of talking about, growing. We'll tell you what that is 
coming up next. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Yeah. <laughs> right after this commercial break. Um, and so he was talking to the, to the doctor and, uh, you know, as he was studying his brain and, you know, cause everybody, there's been a ton of research. We've talked about that. Someone here, mm-hmm. a ton of research here lately, uh, on neuroscience, you know, the study of the brain and how the brain develops. Um, and we know, you know, from children on how it develops the, the parts that develop first, what develops last. But one of the things that he said that was so intriguing to me was what keeps your brain young, what keeps your brain, um, again, keeping the neuro, you know, the wiring fresh, if you will. So the idea of like lubricating your brain is like anything, you know, whether it is a, um, a squeaky door, you know, that you spray Mm -hmm. WD-40 on or whether it's, an axle and a wheel that you put, you know, grease on to keep it spinning. Uh, well, that's very, very important for the function of it to continue. So you think about that from your brain, like your brain obviously is way more complex than an axle or, or a hinge or something like that. But you have to make sure that it is able to function. And what he said, this doctor said, is the secret to your brain uh, staying pliable, uh, again, being able to function was gratitude. Boom. Was having a sense of gratitude. And it's interesting um, because obviously the Bible has a lot to say. Sure. About giving thanks, being grateful, all that kind of stuff. But who knew that God actually designed and wired our brains to actually, we've talked about this before, we run on joy. Mm-hmm. Like there's two primary emotions, joy or fear. And fear is necessary. That's the fight or flight response. And, and God gave us that to be able to respond to a crisis. And so we, first we have to learn how to run on joy. Like joy is more, more powerful than fear. And that comes through relational attachments. So joy and then gratitude. It's interesting. Mm. Like your brain, those are the two things that your brain needs to run well. Um, and I think in our day and age, you know, we're, we're all so busy. We're also, we move so quickly um, onto the next thing that we never actually stop and develop the discipline of gratitude. And so we talked about this in all staff where, um, and I mentioned this in the sermon last week, I, you know, I was gone two weeks ago for a class for my school, working on spiritual formation. We'll talk more about that in January with Abide and probably talk even about it on the podcast. But, um, you know, I've been thinking about that a lot, you know, developing patterns and um, in our lives. And, and that was one thing that at our all staff, I wanted to talk about gratitude. And one of the things that we, uh, I learned, and I'd heard about before, but at my class was this specific prayer uh, that's called the prayer of examine. And it's hundreds of years old. It came from a Catholic priest called Ignatius and um, developed this prayer for, because, you know, some people are aware, but, you know, throughout church history, we had monks or people who went away to, they got so tired of the world Mm -hmm. that they wanted to get out of the world. And so they left and would go to monasteries and become monks. And when they were there, they had rules of life that they lived by. Mm Mm-hmm. And one of the rules of life that they live by was praying this prayer at night called the prayer of examine. And it's meant to help you examine your day. 
what happened during the day and process those emotions before God. But one of the key parts of the prayer, and this is what I wanted to share with our staff, was gratitude, mm-hmm. being grateful. Yep. Actually, at the end of your day, every day, um, we again, we all know that we should pray. It's not a question of if. We just don't know how, mm. which is interesting. If you look at the Gospels, the only thing that the disciples ever asked Jesus to teach them how to do was pray. Mm. Well, if that was the one thing that the disciples asked how to do, which he gave them the Lord's Prayer, obviously in Matthew 6, then is it any wonder why all of us ask the same question? Right. How do we pray? I don't know how to pray. I mean, there's hardly anybody I talk to that wouldn't say, man, I just really struggle with praying. Mm. Um, because you have to stop. You have to, you know, that's how we communicate with God, you know. And in this prayer of examine, the second part of it, the first part is you ask for help. And then the second part is your, your gratitude. And most times in, in, in these monasteries, it would be done at noon and it'd be done at night. So two times a day. And basically at noon, they would stop and then think about, okay, what's happened so far this morning and what am I grateful for? So they developed this spiritual discipline of gratitude, mm-hmm. of being grateful and just thinking in our life, you know, okay, God, I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for that. And then they would do it again at night and kind of process the, the second half of their day and think about where God moved, what he did that day, what they're grateful for. And, and it was just so intriguing to me. Um, I think as Christians, we should be the most grateful people. Mm, amen. And, and again, not in a superficial way. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I think the religion mm. of the 80s and 90s, you know, in the seeker-sensitive kind of church, we were trying to polish it up a little bit, make it real flashy. And then kind of the reaction to that in the last 10 or 15 years, uh, like the word in church was like authentic. We just want to be authentic. It just mm-hmm. needs to be real, which is good. But I think sometimes in our authenticity, we always are just negative. Mm. We're, we're like so authentic, uh, which again is not bad. I'm not saying any of this is bad. But I think it's okay to admit where we are. But then I think... Christians are like, well, I'm so authentic, but I'm still not grateful. I'm still, I'm authentic, but I'm still bitter, Mm. you know? And I think it's because we haven't developed, learned how to develop um, positive attributes. One thing was really awesome. And I don't think I would do, I don't think I would talk about this on the weekend uh, during a buy. So I can talk about it here. And I just thought about this, but in my class uh, on spiritual formation, my professor, who is, again, he was a professor for over 40 years. He was like one of the guys in church world for spiritual formation. Mm-hmm. Um, he's written a ton of books, and it was a privilege to, to be with him for the week. But one of the things he talked about was like kind of the different streams that, have, that are helpful that we can learn from. And one of them that he talked about was a discipline called positive psychology. Um, and he said, listen, this is not gospel. This is not... Christian, but he used it to kind of help us understand something. And here's what, if you go back and look at the origins of positive psychology, it was in like the eighties. He said, almost every psychologist or every therapist or counselor has been trained how to teach people to deal with negative emotions. Mm-hmm. So if you think about a continuum, like zeros in the middle, then you got negative numbers, right? And you got positive numbers. Numbers. 
So what, what most counseling is trained to do is people have had negative experiences. Yep. So if they're on a continuum, they're living, they're living a negative 10. They're living a negative 20, depending upon how traumatic it is. Mm-hmm. He said, but most counselors, what this counselor realized was he would get people back to zero. He would get people over their negative yes. experiences. He would get people over their trauma. But then he realized psychology hadn't taught him how to help people move positive. Wow. Hadn't helped people learn how to develop positive skills. Mm. Hadn't given them any skills on how to have a fulfilling life. Right. It was just basically helping them get over their past. So he developed this discipline that he eventually called positive psychology. And so positive psychology is about helping people flourish. Not just because none of us want to live at zero. No. I mean, we definitely don't want to live negative. Mm -mm. Right. I mean, none of us. All of us have traumatic experiences to varying degrees. And we should definitely process those. And, and, and again, sometimes that takes licensed professional counselors. We talk about that all the time. And we want to help people. But getting to zero is not enough, Right, is my point. And so what was so intriguing about what he was talking about was in the gospel, um, we have the resources not just to help people with their past, but also learn how to live positive life, learn how to learn how to live a flourishing. I mean, John 10, 10, he came to give life and to give it abundantly. Mm. And so what we're talking about right now is again, I'm not talking about gratitude as a way to just mask the past. Right. We're not talking about that. Right. And again, so just the kind of the, what I was just talking about authenticity, it's okay to be authentic about my traumatic experiences Mm -hmm. and church should be the place that we can do that in the church. And we try again, we try to help people all the time, whether pastoral care or getting them to a counselor that can help them. But the Bible talks a lot about, again, we wouldn't call it positive psychology, but we would call it an abundant life. Mm-hmm. We would call it thriving or flourishing yes. or growing sure. in Christ. And what I'm saying is gratitude is one of those key things. If you want to live a life above zero, if you want to live a positive, flourishing life, then you have to develop the discipline of gratitude. And, and it has a physiological effect on your brain. It will actually make your brain run better. It, it's like putting premium gasoline in your car. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know, what are we going to say now with electric cars? Like supercharging <laughs> your car. I don't know what it is for electric cars. Um, but we know that there's a difference between, you know, good gas or bad gas. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like our car is running on something that's high octane, mm-hmm. you know? So again, if we want as believers, well, really, I mean, just as humans, but then obviously, of course, as believers, then one of the keys to the good life is gratitude. Hmm. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, it's so, it's fascinating. And, and I hadn't thought about it from the perspective of that continuum. That, that, yeah, me either. That made a tremendous amount of sense because I had been through a lot of counseling. Yeah. In 2004, 2005, a lot of counseling. Yeah. <laughs> and and it was always going back to the negative Yeah. to hopefully get me to zero. It's a zero, yeah. And it, interestingly enough, yeah. that same counselor was the one that got me into the positive yeah. by eventually sharing the gospel with me. Yes. Um, which was... You know, life changing, of yeah. course. 
But to consider it from a point of view of health, if you had two people in the room and you said, okay, this person is joyless and ungrateful. Yeah. This person is joyful and grateful. Yeah. And, and the question was simply, who's healthier? Yeah. This, it's no question. No question. No question. Yeah. That this person is riddled with the disease and this person is healthy. Yeah. Well, and that was one of the things that, that said in the sermon um, was that we, none of us want to be around ungrateful people. None of us want to be around bitter people. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. Yes. So that is true. Like, but think about what it's like to live with yourself if you're an ungrateful person. Mm. Like how miserable miserable it must be to live with yourself mm-hmm. if you're ungrateful. Yeah. And if you're not joyful. And again, joyfulness is not getting everything that you wanted. It's not having all the circumstances go your way. Joyfulness is relational in nature. So joy is about emotion, healthy emotional attachment with God. If I'm in right relationship with God, I have joy. I mean, it's a fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. In the same way, it's funny because when you were talking about that, you said joy, full, great, full. Well, who doesn't want to be full of joy and full of gratitude? Right. Because what's the alternative? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, hateful mm-hmm. <laughs> and bitter or resentful, you know, if we're yeah. going to go with the full language. Yeah. I would much rather be full of joy and full of gratitude than full of resentment and full of hatefulness. Yeah. And, and you, you can spend three minutes on Twitter and know who's full of joy and who's full of hate. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, that's what I mean by the positive psychology part. Again, now a lot of psychologists and therapists today have been trained in positive psych. And so they are, they're better today mm-hmm. than they used to be right. back in the days. But you're, but you're so right. Again, in that I never thought about it on a continuum either because I've gone to counseling myself and, and again, counseling is good and right. We need someone to help us um, process our past. You have to process it. You have to deal with it. You have to dig it up, deal with it. And, and then so that you can move on, right. you know, so that's good and right. And it's good to get back to zero. I mean, zero is better than negative, mm-hmm. you know, but again, what we're talking about is developing disciplines that move us positive, that move us into fullness, that move us into joy. And gratitude is one of those just daily develop to your original question. When do we do this? Do we do it daily? Do we do it? You know, on the third week of November? Yes. To everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it is, it is fixing your mind as the Bible says, fix your eyes on Jesus, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so our mind is a muscle. Mm-hmm. And so we have to fix it. We have to, um, we have to say, no, this is what we're going to dwell on. Well, naturally, again, like we just said, no one wants to be around an ungrateful person but we won't want to be around ourselves when we're not grateful. And what we're just, again, it has a phys- it, it's more beneficial to you and people around you. If you can look at your life and be grateful. Um, which again, as believers, we have the most reason to be grateful mm-hmm. because even in our trials, even when we're struggling or we're suffering, we have verses like James one, where he says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, why? Because you know, it's doing something, right? 
So here's what's crazy. Maybe one of the reasons why we're stuck in our trials is because we've never been grateful to God for our trials. Mm. Yeah. If we can't stop and say, God, I didn't like this. I don't like this and I didn't want it, but I'm grateful for it mm-hmm. because it's growing me. Right. I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for that, that person that rose me the wrong way. I'm grateful mm-hmm. because it's, it's revealing. Like all tests do is reveal where we are. And so God keeps, again, God keeps putting, giving us tests, not because he doesn't know where we are. We don't know where we are. Right. And so he brings trials in our lives um, to help us, again, grow positively to where we can step back and say, man, I need to be grateful for that. And that's huge. Mm-hmm. It, it helps your brain literally learn how to grow through this, go, grow in this situation, grow through this situation where even the most negative things that happen, we can say, well, I'm still grateful. Um, there, there's an inherent danger in not uh, being thankful for the trial. It's that the trial happens and you come out of it unchanged. Yeah. And then it's a waste. Yeah. Well, again, thinking about using that contingent. And so let's say someone's going through a trial. Again, and, and we're not, we want to be authentic. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about a false sense of joy or happiness. Like, I'm happy for this. No. Right. That's not gratitude. Right. Gratitude is not having to be, have this sense of a lack of honesty where you say, I'm happy for this trial. No. Mm -hmm. You can say, this is horrible. I don't like it. God, I don't understand it. You can say all that. It's what you shared on Mother's Day 2016 about Romans chapter five, Mm -hmm. verse three. Yeah. How there is joy in suffering. Yeah. But it's not a, hey, this is great. No, no. This is horrible but you can still have this underpinning of gratitude. And so what I'm saying is for the Christian, for the believer, the thing that we are always to be grateful for, or I should say the person is God. Mm -hmm. No matter what's going on in my life, thank God that I've got God. Mm -hmm. I'm not alone. Right. I mean, we're getting into the Christmas season, right? Emmanuel, God with us. And so, I, in fact, I read this tweet the other day, and I bookmarked it, and I forgot about it, but it was about John. And he said, the irony of John, of the gospel of John, and he's using different verses in John, is though a man, we make ourselves out to be God. Mm. And then Jesus is though God made himself a man. Yeah, That's the story of John. Um, and so what I mean by that, the reason why I mentioned that is no matter what's going on in our life, I, I can still be grateful for God. Mm. I can still be grateful Amen. that God is with me, that God is for me. And, and so what we're talking about here is not like Lucy, like feel goods. Again, no. we're not talking no, positive not. psych and that stuff. Like, yeah, you know, no, we're t- like, this is, but this is for real life or death sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, someone might be so broken and so anxious and so knotted up inside um, because they, they've had such traumatic experiences. So we're talking about like, but you can still find a, a peace to be grateful for. Yes. You can still find, but thank God, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which is what, you know, Paul says, we, we suffer, but we don't suffer like those without hope, mm-hmm. you know? So basically what we're telling you is get your hopes up. <laughs> but not just in your happenings, in right. your circumstances, 
But the way you get your hope up is you're grateful. And not only are we grateful for what God did, but we're also grateful for Romans 8, 28, that somehow, some way, he will use this for good. So whatever trial, whatever experience we're going through, I can be grateful that that thing doesn't have the last word. And someday God will reverse the Some, He will reverse the curse. Yeah. Yeah. He will undo what yep. was done. Yeah. It's, it's almost like this could be one of the spiritual disciplines, the practice of gratitude. Well, I think it is. Yeah. And again, and that was kind of some of the things that we talked about. Spiritual disciplines, like we, we had this, uh, one of the books I had to read was called A Spiritual Disciplines Handbook. And there was like 40-something disciplines in there. And by Calhoun is the author. And it's kind of like, I mean, sadly, I hadn't heard of the book before class, which is one of the reasons why I'm taking the class to be exposed to things I didn't know about. But in that, in that spiritual disciplines handbook, gratitude was one of them. Mm. It was one of the spiritual wow. disciplines. Okay. And, and that's what I mean, because there's so many times in the... So we just think of spiritual disciplines as reading our Bible, praying. Um, but no, the Bible says over and over, give thanks. So that in and of itself is something I can fix my mind on. Mm-hmm. It's something that I can... Uh, here's all a spiritual discipline is. I love Dallas Willard's definition of this. Spiritual disciplines are doing what I can do to enable what I can't do. Right. So all a spiritual discipline is, is doing what I can do. So I can be grateful, which enables me to do what I can't do, which is help my brain. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I can't change my character. I can't change my heart. I can't change my mind, but I can be grateful. Well, amazingly, again, in science, it's just proving now what the Bible has always said. If I do what I can do, which is be grateful, then it will enable me to do what I can't do, which is literally lizardly. I've heard it both ways. I've heard it both ways. (laughs) (laughs) That needs to be on your epitaph of your your (laughs) tombstone. I've heard it both ways. ways. Um, It literally changes the, the... So I can't sit here by direct effort right. and change the chemical makeup of my brain. I can't do that. Um, in the same way, I can't grow muscle. I can't do that. But what can I do? I can work out, mm-hmm. which grows my muscle. So gratitude is like working out your brain. Yeah, exactly. You can do that. Soldiers, uh, first responders, they train. Yeah. They train so that when they are in a crisis, they don't have to think. Yeah. They can react based upon muscle memory. Yeah. So, you know, think about if you're practicing the spiritual discipline of gratitude Mm -hmm. daily and you do get to a crisis. Yeah. It's, you're more apt to respond with gratitude. Yeah. You, you built your, I heard somebody say this and I can't remember. I mean, I heard a pastor say it, but he didn't come up with it. But he said, you know, when a crisis comes, we all want to rise to the occasion. Mm -hmm. And what he said, it was, you don't rise to the occasion, you fall to your training. Mm, that's good. So yeah, as Christians, so often to that point, I'm so glad you brought that up. As Christians, we're like, oh, I'll rise to the occasion. No, you won't. No. You'll fall to the level of your discipline. That's right. Y- you will default yeah. to whatever is your default. Mm-hmm. You know, you won't rise to the occasion mm-hmm. because again, we don't have the ability to do that. Yeah. So what we're saying is by developing these daily disciplines, you are building up your, your training. You are building up your capacity. 
so that, yeah, the next time you face a crisis, you don't fall down to this despair or despondency Mm -hmm. because you've built up your capacity. Your brain is actually better able and equipped to handle whatever that crisis is because you disciplined yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, you learned, okay, even in this, I can be grateful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a great analogy. And you know, other spiritual disciplines, let's say you mentioned Bible reading earlier, Mm -hmm. you know, a, a daily intake of the word of God is not so you can rattle off a verse at a party. It's to bring peace mm-hmm. and joy and an understanding and a relationship closer to the one who created you. Mm-hmm. So if chaos is part of my life and I'm not in the word, mm-hmm. I'm going to feel more chaos. Mm-hmm. But being in the word brings a peace that is breaking that authority. Mm-hmm. So, Whatever spiritual discipline it is, it's for our good because, as Pastor Chad said last week, it produces something. Yeah, yeah. It it, it brings something. There's always a result from obedience to a spiritual discipline. Absolutely. And again, I think, and that was such a monumental shift in my own mind of helping me understand why God told us to do those things. Well, God told us to do those. Again, if I put that, Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Well, if I'm not experiencing the abundant life, why is that? Mm-hmm. Well, it's probably because I'm not doing the things he told me, mm-hmm. you know, and again, abundant life is not wealth and health and everything that we think it is. Abundant life is an abundant inner life. Um, we th- t- tend to think of an abundant outer life, right? It's an abundant inner life and that abundant inner life comes. Yeah. After re- not just reading the word, it, we don't just read the Bible. We're trying to get the word in us. You know, we're, we're trying to, and so we read it, not just to read it, but we read it because it has power. Mm-hmm. And so reading your Bible is like, and it's funny, Jesus said this uh, one time, you know, when, when he was hungry and the disciples came and he, they, he, they were like, hey, you hungry? He's like, no, I have food that you don't know about. And they're all like, who gave that boy chicken wings? You know, they're all looking <laughs> around. Who got Zaxby's? I didn't know that. <laughs> And Jesus was like, no, I'm not. The food I'm talking about is the word of God. That's right. That, that is sensational. Yes, that is sensational. And so that's, yeah, that's what we're talking about. So we have to feast on the word of God. We got to, it's our nutrients. It's mm. our life. Um, and so, yeah, those spiritual disciplines, again, are, are things that I can do to enable what I can't do. I can read the word. I can pray. I can be grateful. I can do these things. And when I do these things, they enable me to do what I can't do, which is have power, energy, fruitful life. Yeah, all that stuff, the results. All of this to help us grow because we need this as much as anyone. Yeah. And and I know that when I am not in the word, there is an anxiety that I cannot describe. Yeah, yeah. And and it's just that that daily intake of, and it doesn't have to be a whole chapter. It doesn't have to be, let's read through the Bible this week. No, <laughs> no. It's it's spending some time in God's word and saying, Lord, speak to me through your word. Well, again, yeah, if it's relational. Now we're bringing this full circle back to side sitting. Mm-hmm. You know, so <laughs> you, you like sitting on the side next to your wife. I do. Because for whatever reason, I guess it helps you have a better conversation. <laughs> uh I don't. 
because I like looking at the people I'm talking to. You know to. what we're going to hear on Sunday? Somebody's going to come up and go, I'm a side I'm sitter. I'm a side sitter. Yeah, I hope they do. And I hope they talk to you and not me. <laughs> um, but where I was going with that is, you know, there's sometimes when I sit down with Lindsay and I have a lot to say, mm-hmm. or she has a lot to say. And then there's other times we don't have anything to say. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how it is with God. I mean, there's some sometimes with God, I sit down and I feel like he's got a lot to say to me in reading his word. Sometimes not a lot. Sometimes I have a lot to say to him. Sometimes I don't have a lot to say to him. That's good. I just, I just want to be with him. And so I, again, and that's just an awareness that's literally trying to like picture in my mind, God sitting. Like one of the examples that my professor used, which I, this could be a little corny, but it's cool at the same time. A friend of his actually every morning when he, um, sat down to have his, his, I don't like the word quiet time, but whatever, his time with God, he made two cups of coffee, one for himself and one for Jesus. And, and so he set that other cup of coffee there. He had his cup of coffee and he sat there, drank his coffee, read his Bible and talked to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was funny. People in our class are like, what does he do with the cup of coffee afterwards? Does he drink it? Or, you know, <laughs> like, um, but that's what I'm talking about yeah. is, yeah. So reading the Bible is again, I'm not, that's why I don't like Bible reading plans all the time. Cause they just become right. like, I got to knock this out. Mm-hmm. Well, if you and I sit down across from each other, of at course, a of course, what was I thinking? If I sit down and be like, David, I got to get through all this stuff with you. Well, that's not going to feel very relational, No, you know, but if I sit down and we just talk, mm-hmm. then we're going to connect, which is joy is going to come from that. So again, same with God. And so it's, it's just picturing it in a way. That's why I like this prayer of examine. Um, and in my own life, what I'm trying to do, and I'll talk more about this in abide is in the morning, have a, a the, where I'm reading and praying the scripture. And then in the evening, I'm praying through myself, like mm-hmm. the prayer of examine. I'm right. going through my day. And so that was like, I want to get into his word and then what with me, you know? And so kind of developing those two disciplines in my life where I'm just, and I tried it last night. Um, I was praying, you know, laying in bed and just kind of, I went down the list in my head, you know, like, all right, God, give me help which the prayer of examine actually says pray for light, um, which isn't like a mystical thing. It is, he's the light of the world, Mm. you know? And then the second thing is you're, you're grateful gratitude. And so I just sit down and say, God, I'm grateful for this. I'm so grateful for this. And bro, it was amazing after just, and I was tired. We had giving dinners and, you know, and I got home late. And so I was, I mean, I'm worn out. And it's amazing after just laying there for a few minutes and just thinking through my gratefulness, I just felt better. Mm. You know, like I could, I could feel, you know, and then I went through process some emotions with him, you know, like God, you know, when this happened today, man, that, that, I didn't like that, you know, that was tough. Or when this happened today, that was really great. And then prayed for today, you know, that's really the prayer of examine. Um, But it's just amazing to me that built into that was gratitude. So yeah, that's what we're saying ultimately is whether you, whether you imagine God is sitting next to you or across from you in a booth, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. But what we're saying, like what if in, in the booth with our spouses, if we had the discipline every day of saying to them something that we're grateful for them about? Mm, that's good. You think that would make your relationship better? Well, better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the same is true with God. Yeah. Um, 
So yes, it is a spiritual discipline. And if we can, and, and again, this is obviously the month of Thanksgiving. Um, and so we should develop that discipline of thankfulness. God, I'm so thankful. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, I'm thankful for Christ. Yes. You know, Amen. I'm thankful for his grace. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for, and then even being, thinking about the Trinity in your prayers. I mean, we pray to the Father, but you can, you can include the other members of the Trinity in your prayers. God, I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for giving me him to help me as my advantage, help me to take advantage. Like you just start processing through that. And it's amazing mm-hmm. how the, the chemical makeup in your brain starts changing. Yeah. And, and you start feeling, you start feeling the effects of it. So here's the encouragement. It's not, it's not a challenge. It's an encouragement. Yeah. And we want to help everybody grow. Yeah. Is to, uh, you can look up that prayer, yeah. uh, the prayer of examine. And E-X-A-M-E-N. It, and even if you don't look it up uh, before you go to sleep, just begin to think about what are you grateful for today? Yeah. What happened today that you're grateful for? Yeah. Cultivate that practice yeah. of, uh, being grateful of gratitude. That's excellent. That's I'm encouraged. Super encouraged. I'm grateful for you, David. Thank you. I am. I'm grateful for your radio broadcasting experience. <laughs> I am grateful to have had it. Uh, somebody told me after I got saved that God had prepared me in my secular life for my life in ministry. Hmm. I didn't know what that meant. Of course. Until now. Yep. And well, until a few years ago. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, he was absolutely, uh, on point with that. Agreed. So there you go. There's your encouragement for today. I hope you you enjoyed the, uh, grow people podcast. Yeah. Download the song. It's really good. It's called grateful and, uh, it's excellent and download it where you would download your music. Our producer on the uh, podcast is Chandler elder. Um, our head of doctrine and theology is theologian, um, I'm going to rattle these off every time. Um, you may be laughing at home. It's totally cool if you're not. Um, our, sometimes I just do these for me. Uh, if you don't like them, remember he's a side sitter. The, <laughs> the chief evangelist for the show is Salvation. I'm always going to add one. So you're okay. going to have to wait till the you end. you got to wait for it. Yeah. yeah. And this one's not that good. Um, our, <laughs> our backsliding prevention officer, of yeah. course, is lukewarm yeah uh which is the funniest one our translator is lexi khan our lineage specialist is genealogy uh our director of swedish witnessing bjorn again <laughs> that, that was funny last time our overseer of godfather ordinances uh fredo baptism and if you've seen the godfather yeah. uh, you're laughing at that and our director of five points is cal vanism um <laughs> For a transcript of the show, (laughs) just write down everything we say. And finally, and finally. I thought you were going to say the best news we ever heard. The best news we ever heard. Yeah, trust God and take a nap. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye.